good day to be in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, take it to Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter 1, we'll be starting there. Uh, just to be just uh, we're going through the book of Romans on Sunday, on Sunday morning. So <coughs> right now we'll pick up at verse number 14. We'll read through verse number 17. Give you some free thoughts of the I am, Paul says, I am something. And uh, we're going to look at this. I, I encourage you to follow along in your Bibles there with me, and, and uh, we'll, we'll discuss this, uh, get uh, down to this. And, and it's important that we understand what God has given us. God has given us a precious Bible uh, to teach us, to guide us, and may we never forget how important the Bible is to us. Last week, we talked to verse number 8 through 13, and it was the prayer of Paul. Paul had some things that he was going through, some things that he was praying for, and uh, praying for the church uh, there, the Roman Christians that were there at this time, at this time period. And now Paul begins, and he says some three things today, and we'll, we'll take these three I am's and uh, apply it to our personal life, uh, the and so let's, uh, you, got, you got your Bible open to Romans chapter 1. Let's all stand just out of respect for reading of God's word. If you can stand, if you cannot, I do understand. Romans chapter number 1, let's begin reading in verse number 14. Paul says, I am a debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we're going to take these, these three, these four verses that were three verses that we, four verses that we read, and take number one, he says, I am a debtor, verse number 14. Then he says, I'm ready. And then in verse number 16, he says, I'm not ashamed. So to take these three thoughts and give this to you, that we as Christians, we ought to be the same way. That we are a debtor, that we should be ready, and that we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning. I pray in spite of me that you'd use me. I pray for those that are here. I pray and thank you for everyone that, that is here this morning. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to be in your house. But Lord, also I pray that if there's one in here today that does not know for sure they're on their way to heaven, I pray today would be that day. Lord, as we know that salvation is by you and you alone, and we pray that your will be done today. And in the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, and thank you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. So first of all, we see number one is that Paul says, I am a debtor. I am a debtor. Verse number 14, he says, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Now, most of us in this room, we, we are a debtor. We all owe debts to somebody, don't we? Somebody's, somebody's, somebody's uh, make sure that we got a car note and a house note and a credit card note and a, a different other things that you pay debt on. But ultimately, Paul's not talking about the financial debt in which he is in. 
Paul is talking about that he is in debt to the Greeks and to the barbarians, two different groups of people, the Greeks, a specific people, and the barbarians was everyone else who wasn't a Greek. But Paul specifically says this to to these guys, these guys at Rome, for, so that they could understand what was taking place. And Paul says, not only in this verse, that he is a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, but Paul also says in this verse that he is, both, he is a debtor both to the wise and the unwise. And so you say, what does that mean? That means this, is, is that Paul is indebted to every single person there in Rome. He's indebted to every one of them. You say, what do you mean by it being indebted to them? He owes them something. He owes each and every one of those. He owes the Greeks something. He owes the barbarians something. He owes the wise something. He owes the unwise something. And do you know what? To be honest with you, I'm in debt to Nederland. I'm indebted. I'm a debtor to Nederland. I'm a debtor to Port Arthur. I'm a debtor to, to, uh, to Beaumont. I'm a debtor to these surrounding areas of Port Natchez and Groves. And you say, how are you a debtor to those? It's because every single town in this community, I, they, I owe them something. And I owe them the truth of the gospel. And Paul says, I owe those Greeks something. And do you know what I owe the Greeks? I owe them the truth. And as a Christian, you know what? I owe every single person the truth. Not everybody likes the truth. But the Bible says the truth will make you free. And that free is talking about being free in Christ Jesus. But that truth only comes from God. And may we understand that the truth that I may try to tell or the truth that I may try to convey today is not the truth that necessarily that I understand all the time, but it's the truth that God has given me. And I'm supposed to tell every one of you. And not only am I the only one that's supposed to tell every one of you, you are supposed to tell every one of those out there. It's because we have the truth, and the truth has made me free, and I'm free indeed, and, I need to, and I'm in debt to everybody. Because everybody needs the truth. May we don't understand why everybody, hey, every single person needs the truth. You say, Brother Trenton, are you the only one with the truth in your pocket? No, sir. I'm not the only one with the truth in my pocket. Every single person that has a Bible, every single person that understands that Bible, you have the truth in your pocket. Just as much as I do, we have the truth. And we're a debtor. Deb, that's mine? That's wonderful. My keys, Miss Stacy has them next door. Somebody's trying to break into my car. Go ahead. Take it. <clears throat> the hillbillies want it back. Arkansas wants it back. <clears throat> God, help us to understand is I am a debtor. And though my debt collectors will call if I don't pay, but I'm going to tell you the lost person don't call me Asking for Jesus. Paul says in the previous verses we read in 8 through 13, Paul says, I desire that I go to you. 
because I need to go to you because, you know why? Because I'm in debt to you and you're not coming to me for the truth. A lot of people don't want to hear the truth. A lot of people don't come to the preacher and say, well, tell me the truth no matter how it hits, no matter what's going on, just tell me like it is. Not a lot of people want it like that, but the Bible says that I'm a debtor and so whether they like it or not and whether they agree with me or not or whether they, they accept it or not, I've got to tell the truth because I'm a debtor to those people. Every single person. Paul was a debtor. But ultimately, let me tell you this, I'm a debtor to one person. And that's Jesus Christ. Because I owe a debt I could never pay. Jesus Christ came undied and lived 33 and a half years on this earth and died on a cross so that he could pay for my sins. And though it is not paid for by anything else, it's paid for by the blood and the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that blood being shed for me, I'm a debtor to him. I owe him a debt I could never pay. Because his blood and his shed blood... His life, he gave it for me. And I could never pay enough money. And I could never live enough lives that I could repay him for what he did for me. There's been many people in your life that have done good things for you. And you owe them. Even though they said, don't pay me back, you still owe them. Nobody has loved you. And nobody has given as much as God has given for me and you. I am a debtor. Why do you live your life for Jesus Christ? Because I'm a debtor. Why am I a debtor to those people? Because ultimately I'm a debtor to him. That's what makes me in debt to every single person in this room. That's what makes me in debt to every single person that I come across because they need the Lord. And you know, here's, here's the deal. Is I don't know if they need the Lord or not. But I'll never know if I don't talk to them. I'll never know if I don't ask them. So I won't know. Paul says, I'm ready to come to you. Number one, Paul says, I'm a debtor to the Greeks and the barbarians, to the wise and the unwise. And he also says, number two, he says, I'm ready. Verse number 2, the Bible says, For as much as in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are Rome. You say, what do you mean by that? What does he mean by that? That means this, is Paul was ready to go to Rome. But understand that Paul made it his life work to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever was going on, the direction he went, the life that he lived was to serve God. And God had not given him the permission to go to Rome. But he said he was ready. He went to Rome when God was ready. He went to Rome when God said it was okay for him to go to Rome. You say, when did he go to Rome? When he was a prisoner. He was not a preacher. He was a prisoner of the state. He was a prisoner because he was preacher of the gospel. But Paul says, I'm ready to preach to you at Rome. Because the reason he was ready to preach to them that were at Rome was because he was indebted to every single person that was at Rome. He was indebted to all those people. Hey, you know what? I'm no different. You say, how is that? Because I am in debt to every single person that's in here. Every single person that's out there. So do you know what that means I need to do? I need to be ready to 
preach the gospel. You said, well, I thought you was, uh, you know, a lot of people put the, the, the preacher's job is to tell people. The preacher's job is to communicate the gospel. The preacher's job is, is, is to invite people to church. Let me tell you, the Bible says that every person is supposed to preach the gospel to every person. I, I heard a preacher say this, every, every creature needs a preacher. Hey, and you know what? You're a preacher. God has given you a voice. God has given you a Bible. God has given you the truth. And though you may not stand behind a pulpit, and though you may not pastor a church, God has given you the voice to tell everybody that Jesus Christ still lives and that Jesus Christ is the way for salvation. And you're the preacher. Because I will affect a certain amount of people. I have associations that you don't even know. And you have associations that I don't know. And you have friends and people that you know that I'd never even be able to talk to. But because you're their friend and you're their family and you're their association, you have a chance to speak to them about God. In which I would never have a chance. Bible says that I'm ready to preach the gospel. Bible says preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. He says to preach the word. You know what the word means to preach? Huh? Do you know what that word means? Preach. Preach. It means to, to uh, cry aloud. You say, why are you so loud, preacher? Bible says to cry Aloud, sound your voice like a trumpet. You're weird. I can handle that. <clears throat> Cry aloud, he says. Spare not. Because there's souls in the balance. I need to preach the gospel. You say, well, what's the gospel, preacher? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the death and the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He may have died, and that's a great thing. And he may have been buried, and that's great. But that day, on that, on that Sunday morning when he arose from the grave, it made the death and his burial something that we can shout about, something that is worth preaching about. The death, the burial, and the resurrection, that's what the gospel is. And Paul says, I'm ready to preach. Most of the time when someone first, I remember, I remember 2013, I was driving my little car down the road. I was doing a paper route at the time. It was one o'clock in the morning. My right wheel went off the road. And I overcorrected because I was kind of dozing off. Then I did. My car spun out of control. I did a complete turn around in the road, backwards into a ditch. I didn't think I was climbing trees. So as soon as I hit that water, I turned my car off. My truck knows my engine now. Whatever. Is that what they say? <coughs> and I rolled down my window. I got... It, you hear stories like you have to wait until the car fills up and then push the motor out and all that kind of right? Have you ever heard that deal? I wasn't around, but <laughs> water was flushing in. And I didn't know what to do. I'm like trying to get out the window, and I try to get out the window. Well, I can't get out the window. I got my body halfway hanging out the window, and I'm like, what in the world is going on? I can't get out. So 
I get back inside and I push the door out and I finally get out. And it's about waist, chest deep, waist deep, water. And I get out and I get on the, on the bank and I climb up to the bridge and I'm standing there and I turn around and I watch my car go all the way underwater. My headlight's still staring out, you know. And I say to myself, what am I going to do? So I pick up my phone, I say, well, grab my phone, and I called. I was 30 mi minutes out in the middle of nowhere, and I waited an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes on a cop to get to me. On the side of the road, but do you know what? Do you know how many times I've told that story? A bunch. Because it's an experience that I had. The next day, they had to break the ice off the water because it was so cold to get my car out from underneath the water. But I've told that story a hundred times because it was a traumatic experience. But do you know what happened to me June 14th, 1998? I heard a preacher preach. And he was preaching on hell. And he described what was going on in hell. He described the, the, the halls of hell. And as he went through hell, he was introducing people as he went to who was in hell and describing them. And, and may I sit there and I sat in my seat and I was convicted under the Holy Ghost. I needed Jesus Christ. I wasn't for sure I was on my way to heaven. You know what? That night, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And that night, I got it settled forever and ever. Amen. I'll never have to worry about it again. But I'm going to tell you, I've told that story a whole lot more than I've told the story about me wrecking my car. Because I'm ready to preach the gospel. You know why? Because Jesus saved me. And if you're born again today, you have something to share. And every single person in this room, you have a different story than I do. You have a story to tell. I May we, as Christians, be ready to share that story. Because you have a different story than I do. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 3 and verse 15. <clears throat> But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. You say, what does that verse mean? That means this. Jesus Christ saved you. You've got hope. And the day will come when someone says, hey, tell me about that hope. And you say, yes, sir. Well, let me tell you about it. Tell them what God did for Peter. That's that reason. Always ready to tell what happened. Because when Jesus Christ saved you, you know it. You remember it. You may not remember the day, and you may not remember the exact time, and you may not remember like I can. I remember that day specifically, and I remember that, and I wrote it down so I would never forget the day that God saved me. You may not have that written down anywhere, but you can take me back to a place. You can take me back to a time frame when you nailed on your knee, and you said, Jesus, you're the only way to heaven. Take me there. And you remember that. Two, he said, I'm ready. Number three, 
He says, verse number 16, ready? He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. You know what? There's a lot of people in this room. And I don't care if you like it or not. I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. You're going to have to get over it. And I don't care. I'm going to wear my paraphernalia. And I'm going to wear my hat. Have to get over it. <clears throat> and you're the same way about your Nederland Bulldogs, right? Oh, no, get, put that Dallas away. Put that Dallas away. You're not... You can't be wearing that in church. God help you, Dallas Cowboys. But let me tell you something. You're not ashamed one bit of your favorite team. You would come in strutting. And you know where you want to sit? You want to sit on the front row with a 50-yard line watching that ball game. Because you're not ashamed of your team. But why is it as a Christian we want to hide in the back we want to make sure that no one notices. Do they see me? Hey, I'm a Christian. I don't care who knows. Because you know what? Other people and other denominations, other religions, they don't care who knows if they're, they're what they are. Why is it as a Christian we want to run around in our undercover clothes? Don't tell nobody I'm a Christian. He saved me in spite of me, in spite of who I was, in spite of what I am, in spite of what I might become. He saved me. He loves me. I've got something to, hey, I'm part of his team. My team's terrible. They can't hardly win a playoff game, have one, have had one, one playoff game in the last 20-something years, 25 years. Man, I, I'm still a supporter, though. I'm not ashamed of my team. But God hasn't lost one time. I'm on the winning team. I'm on the winning team every time. Because at the end of the time, you know what's going to happen? We're going to block Satan and throw him into hell. I believe I'm going to have part of that chain right there. You say, what chain is that? The chain that's going to be tied around the neck of hell. And I'm going to throw him into Sickness he's caused. But I'm on the winning side. I'm on the winning team. Why in the world would I be ashamed of what God's done for me? No idea. I'm not ashamed. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Here it is. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Because why? Because he says, number one, he said, for it is the power of God. Why am I not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Because it's the power of God. Why am I not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Because it is, he says, for it is the power of God unto salvation. What is salvation? What is salvation, sir? What is salvation, ma'am? Salvation is by God and God alone. For it is the power of salvation unto, uh, unto God. It is the power of God unto salvation. 
Who brings us salvation? Not anybody. I can't give anybody salvation. I can't make sure that anybody's going to heaven and neither can you. The only way that we can know for sure that we're on our way to heaven is understand that God is the power that brings salvation to you and me. That's it. Jesus said unto them, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. That's it. It's settled. It doesn't take more, and it's not any less. But Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Bible says, you say, why? Why are you talking about it? Because he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm telling you that saved is salvation given by God and from God and for us. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm ready to preach. I'm ready. I'm not ashamed. And I'm a debtor. I'll show you one last thought, and the conclusion will end. Verse number 17. <clears throat> or verse 16 before we move on. What else does he say? He says, it is the power of God unto salvation to what? To everyone that who? Everyone that believeth. So how is that salvation got? Because you're a good person? Because you've paid your debts? The Bible says, the ray that I get salvation, it is everyone that believeth. Hmm. Then he makes a statement. He says, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Why does he say that? He says that because the gospel was given to the Jews first. You say, how do you know that? Because Jesus Christ was born a Jew. And he came and he lived to give them the gospel. And then the gospel came to the Jews first and then it came to the Greeks and all the rest of us. Look in verse number 17 and I'll conclude with this thought. Paul says this, for therein, what's therein? What's that? That's salvation. That's salvation by God and God alone. He says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Watch this. How is that righteousness of God revealed? What is the righteousness of God? That's salvation. That's Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone for salvation. How is that revealed? What does he say in verse 17? From faith to faith. What does that mean? Person to person. Person to person. I have faith in Jesus Christ. I am raising my children in church. And I want my daughters to know for sure they're on their way to heaven. And the way that they're going to do that is because of daddy's faith. I can help them get faith in heaven. From person to person. That's how we are supposed to do it. Who is it that you won't give faith to? Who is it that you say, ah, eh, ah, it is important that they need faith. And how will they get faith? By seeing you get faith. Then he, then he quotes the scripture. 
spread this usefulness to such as the children of Israel. Even possessed by the right. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. You live as a blessed person. Because the blessed shall live by who? By faith. If I'm just, I have faith. So because of my faith, I can pass on faith to you. But I'm not going to pass my faith on to someone else. Because who lives by faith? The just man. How do I pass on my faith? Faith. The reason I'm born again, to be honest with you, because I was raised in church. The reason I accepted Jesus Christ as a young boy is because I accepted Jesus Christ. Because, because I was raised in church. To believe in Jesus Christ for salvation. That's why. The reason you believe what you believe is because you were raised that way. But the reason, hey, God has given me my faith, and I need to pass my faith on to everyone else. And my faith is this, not in Trenton, not in this building, not in the water of baptistry, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor. You don't know for sure you're not going to go to heaven? Don't be shocked. Most of you walk out of here with doubt in your life and go to heaven. You said, I'm not changing. I'm not changing my religion. I'm not asking you to change your religion. I'm asking you to believe in God for salvation. God, I love you.